everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Input 2. I have been waiting to talk about this movie that we're about to talk about for like two years, but uh, as much as I'd like to just rant right now and talk about it, I guess I have to introduce my guest. So you over there, you know who I'm talking about. You're always on this thing. Yeah, I'm back. Jeremy Rogers here. Hey, Jeremy Rogers. And I have a more exciting new person, and that is... Eli Soakland. Yay, Eli. Yay, new people. Not that I don't love you, Jeremy, but you're always here. <laughs> Why am I always here? <laughs> I don't... I, you're all right, I guess. But what are we going to talk about today, guys? Death Note. Which one? Uh, the best one. <laughs> Right, sure. (laughs) We're going to talk about the Netflix Death Note that came out in 2017 and broke my heart. But first, let's talk a little bit about Death Note in general. What is Death Note? Where did it start? And I'll tell you where it started in the Holy Land of Japan. It started as a manga series and ran from... Ah, sorry, it ran from December 2003 to May 06. And it was written by Tsukumi Oba and illustrated by Takeshi Obata. And it's really interesting because they don't really talk about the series that much. They're very, like, tight-lipped. And it's kind of funny when um, Takeshi Obata was illustrating the panels, he, like, had no contact with Oba, the writer. He, like, he didn't even know, like, ahead of time where the story was going. I don't know. That's just a random fact I wanted to drum, but I I have a problem. I really like Death Note. Anyway, the anime came out in 2006 and ran to 2007. It was directed by Tetsuro Araki, and it had 27... That is not right. It had 37 episodes. So, already, you might notice there's a little bit of a problem. 37 episodes to make one movie. Hmm. Hmm. I'm surprised it's 37 episodes. It always feels like a really long series is it feels longer than that many episodes the second half feels kind of long for me anyway but that's not even it the death note has become this major cultural thing it's probably one of the most popular animes outside of japan i feel like even if you're not an anime or manga fan you've probably heard of death note and it's a good chance you've seen it in some form so obviously they didn't just stop at the manga and anime. They have games like on the DS that are exclusive to Japan. There have been three live action films released in Japan and brought over here. Um, a mini series called Death Note New Generation was released in 2016. Uh, there was a film adaption, which we'll talk about, that released on Netflix in 2017. And that was directed by Adam Wingard. Do you guys know who Adam Wingard is? Not a clue. Okay. Well, do you, Eli? Mm, no, not really. Well, apparently he's a big deal. I don't think he is. He directed the remake of Blair Witch. He did VHS and a segment in the ABCs of Death, obviously his magnum opus. Uh, he did The Guest. I think that's where a lot of people know him from. And he's currently filming Godzilla vs. King Kong. So... <laughs> he has uh he's definitely left a footprint in horror i would not he, i'd say the best thing that he's done is ranges from like okay to uh acceptable i don't think he's terribly uh good but people treat him like no tour <laughs> i mean i remember when blair witch came out and a lot of people got really hyped for it and then they all got disappointed by it i'm not really a horror fan much myself but i just remember it having pretty bad bad negative receptions. Yeah. Well, having some deja vu here, people heard that the movie was being made, they got excited for it, and then they saw it. Almost a little bit like Death Note. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it around. But, you know, it's funny you say that because 
Blair Witch typically it did okay and that's how most of his films they're okay VHS might be the exception because it's kind of garnered a cult following around it but Death Note I is just it's uh for a film that he completely directed by himself it's it's probably his worst one so on Rotten Tomatoes it has a 37% critic rating off to a great start with a 24% audience score yeah, uh, audience, you don't mess with anime fans, as we, right? You don't. No. <laughs> you don't go in and ruin a cherished anime and expect a like, what even a sixty? So good job, Adam. I say sarcastically. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's look at some reviews. Oh man, this person's name. I'm so sorry. It's Jeanette Casul. Or Jeremy, you speak French. Katsuli. Is that not not French? Is it? <laughs> oh well. Yeah. I don't think yeah, you really pronounce the S's at the end of French words. Well, Jeanette, no either way. I hope you reach out and correct us, but Jeanette Katsuli of the New York Times writes, Mr. Wingard's eye for a stylish image hasn't dimmed, dimmed. <laughs> at certain moments, we can almost feel his desire to shrug off the straitjacket of fidelity and make this tale of false gods and flawed superheroes completely his own. So here's my question. Is, is he really trying? Because that's what this review is implying. Is I mean, there effort behind this? I think the major thing behind this whole little uh, review to pull out is the word desire. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he desires to want to make it his own, but does he actually do it? No. <laughs> well, well, does he? Because, like, this is so far off from the original. Like, I, it, it can't be, like, really a Death Note thing other than, you know, it, having the name. So I guess it is his home, but not in a good way. Like we know when we when we think of this film, we think, oh god, that's Adam's Death Note. Not like, oh yeah, that's the Death Note by Adam. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but let's look at another review. This one's a little more critical. Uh, so Brian T- Ah Tolerico 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 of RogerEber.com writes several of the changes to Tsukumi Oba. Oh my gosh, I speak Japanese, guys. Tsukumi Oba and Takeshi Obata's brilliant manga have already been widely reported, including the whitewashing of the entire project by relocating it from Japan to Seattle. But those are just symptoms of a greater disease known as complete creative bankruptcy. This is interesting because we're going to get into it a little bit later. But whitewashing of anime and manga is uh, very, it's a controversial issue when we look at Americanized films from Japan. And like I said, we'll get in that a little bit more later. But just really quickly, thoughts on that? I don't know. I think Scarlett Johansson did a fantastic job as Light. As Light Yagami? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if we watched the same movie, but sure. Stole the film. <laughs> I mean, great. whenever I watch these films, like I feel like to the untrained person like they would just be like why in the world do they have these weird names and yet like it's set in america like no one in the world has the name light like no one in japan has the name light but they're like it feels even weirder to hear it said in english like so casually when everybody else around him has normal names like we have mia and then there's light like yeah. <laughs> light turner <laughs> they didn't even give us a backstory like they could have been like his mom really saw the light when she was giving birth or something. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I don't know. But it's dumb. We'll talk about whitewashing a little more because that is very interesting. But overall, critically, didn't do so well. Even though the like, kind reviews are like, 
you know, it has a lot of heart, but it kind of missed the mark. So that's what we're dealing with right now. Guess how much Guess how much this movie had going in to make this movie? What was the budget? I mean, Netflix likes to pour money into everything, so probably quite a bit. It's about 40 to 50 million. I don't... How? Ha- I know. Where, how? Where did the money go? <laughs> I bet, you know, all those, like, death scenes? I bet that's where it went and, like, the ending. No, no, it went straight to Willem Dafoe. It's all Willem Dafoe. It's, like, a good 25 million. Yeah, I bet. For I a would couple lines of Willem Dafoe. He, went, he was just there for five minutes. <laughs> and it's just his voice, too, so... Man, the effects can't be good enough to warrant No, they're not. This. They're like, not good enough. <laughs> I mean, the only clear picture you ever see of Ryuk is at the end where he's laughing and all the other times he's in the shadows so they don't have to like spend as much time making the character model for him until that last scene. Whoa, whoa, are you saying, are you calling them lazy? Are you saying they purposely put him in the shadow because I think that's a little rude, Eli? Uh, Insinuating that they're trying to get out of the work of syncing up the lips to the actual dialogue? Oh, wow. That's a low blow, Eli. Oh, it's it's a blow I'm going to <laughs> issue toward them. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, Death Note fans. You know, Death Note movie fans, I don't know. Which means sorry, Adam, because we're pretty sure you're the only one who's a fan of this. Ouch. Well, you know what? We should probably talk about Death Note a little bit, and specifically this version of Death Note. I'm sorry. Yeah. But go ahead. So one of you tell me, like, what is this movie about? I... <sighs> I don't know. When I originally started going into this film, I felt like a lot of the film was trying to present, like, the good, per- like, the person with the good mentality doing evil things versus the person with, you know, the morally just, you know, police man kind of figure with sort of questionable, you know, tunes at times. But, like, that's not how the film actually goes. Like, yeah, that's the creator's desire, but, like, right away, like, Light, you can tell, like, he's practically gives out his homework to everyone. <laughs> like, he gives people sketchy looks. He looks for fights. He is the opposite of the anime series, which is supposed to present Light in a good sense, but practically everyone throughout this film is just bad at some level. And that's why I figured this film has a lot of, like, I don't know what they're trying to portray to the audience, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No, this entire film is just this really loud scream of mediocrity. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's just the best synopsis of the film that I can think of everything from the editing i wasn't a fan of the performances the writing <laughs> oh, the directing none of it good you guys are mean yeah <laughs> i mean too so it's okay oh you no have no idea how long i thought about this film and how much i've hated it do you know how many articles i've written on this film Oh, two. <laughs> I say that like still more 20. than zero. Oh, I did. I wrote a research paper on Death Note too, but so I guess there's that. But you know, for those who aren't initiated, even though Death Note's been around for a while, let's let's talk, let's talk what Death Note is really quickly. In this version, Light Turner finds a notebook that is dropped literally from the sky while he's at school, and he's like, "What is this?" And he goes home, and a death god named Ryuk comes to him and is like hey, write someone's name down. And he's like, okay. And he kills a bully without any reservation. He just kind of does it. And afterwards, he's like, oh, 
cool, I'll kill everybody now. And we're told it's because he wants to like purge the world of evil, but we're never really shown evidence of that. Like he really doesn't have a moral compass at the beginning, so it's just kind of random. So but he what? does get mad at his dad, who is a police officer. Oh yeah. Because his mother was killed by this, you know, organized crime dude <laughs> and his dad didn't find enough evidence to actually convict the organized crime dude. And so Light is angry that no one took any action and that his mom died for nothing. It's the most cliche thing. Oh my gosh. Even like, even in the original anime series, his mom's alive. They're he, all alive. They're all alive. <laughs> he has siblings. And yet they're like, no, we're going to make him a troubled child with uh. like a dead mom. I'm like, Where's this coming from? Like, <laughs> they like, were really hoping Disney would buy the rights to the Death Note. Disney's movie. Death Note. That would, I want that so bad. Dead you have moms. No idea. Cartoonish Ryuk. <laughs> Gosh. Well, anyway, moving on. So, this girl, Mia, sh- he shows this notebook of death to some random girl, a random just girl who comes up to him one day and is like, hey, and he's like, want to see my notebook where I kill people? Like, it's no big deal. And they are like, hey, let's let's be God together. And they start killing people. <laughs> Only Mia's kind of, like, insane more so than he is. So he's like, okay, maybe I shouldn't let her write stuff down. But she does anyway. Then there's L. Oh, sweet L. Uh, oh, we'll get into you because you're a whole discussion. But... Yeah, so he's the greatest detective in the world somehow, very vaguely in the film, narrows down that this killer that's been, you know, killing people <laughs> has been found in Seattle. And he goes to Seattle and then he tries to catch him. And that's basically Death Note, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. basically. So yeah. it is inevitable that we're going to compare this to the manga and anime. Um, but I, I do want to point out, like, adaptions, changing things isn't bad. That's not what we're getting at here. This is just a bad movie. So while we're drawing, you know, comparisons to the original, on its own, this movie does not work and it breaks its own rules. So am I fair in saying that? Like, this is just not well constructed, even on its own. Like, it doesn't explain anything about the Death Note in significant ways to make it interesting. The characters are bland. It's boring. I waited for it to end every second. I mean, I totally agree. Like, a lot of the logic behind, like, why he starts killing, like, why is Ryuk so adamant about him writing names yeah. down in the notebook? And, like, why in the world did L like, figure out Seattle? Like, he's just, uh, he was just like, oh, I guess it's going to be in America. Like, in Seattle, of all places, I'll just start up in the top north or western part of the United States. I had to double check how he knew that because I was like, there's no way. They just didn't elaborate on that. There was like a passing line where he narrowed down like the police officers and how somehow figured out like it was somebody in the system. But it's like one, like it is so fast and like said so nonchalantly that you miss it. And that's how a lot of like the movie explains important things. It's just like a passing line. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. And even later, like, they, they try to explain things that just don't work. Like, the rules of the Death Note are broken. Oh, man, Watari. Like, Watari, how did he die? Yeah, I, I have no clue. Like, going back to the, like, whole, you know, infiltrating police reports and stuff, though, like, literally that can happen at multiple police departments yep. at the same time. Like, <laughs> like, what the heck? Like, why is it just Seattle? And, like, but, like... All the deaths are just like, oh, I guess he'll, 
Like, I can control this person for an indefinite amount of time. It doesn't really matter. Like, as long as they die at the end, that's all that matters to the audience, I guess. Like, the reason why L says it has to be in Seattle is he says, I've analyzed their network and no one's broken in, so it has to be someone from the inside of he the network. Even... He doesn't, he's <laughs> never heard of what phishing is. But he doesn't even test it. Like, the th- thing about L in the anime is he tests every one of his theories, no matter how accurate he thinks he is. Here, he's just like, oh, yep, that's it. He's in Seattle. And he even when he meets Light, he's like, oh, that's Kira. Like... Okay, I guess you just know everything now. And we don't we're just going to have to trust you, man. All right. Cool. Yeah, the characters are the weakest part because an adaption certainly could happen and I would be completely fine with a version, a Death Note that isn't related to the actual cast of Death Note, like no White, no L. Um but because they did draw influence from the original characters, it's they're just so dumbed down and it would have been stronger if they just made separate characters because compared to what they're based off of, they're nothing. Nat Wolf plays like Turner, and I feel bad for him. I feel as if, like, he was thrust into this role and he tried his best, but he just can't do it. You can't make this interesting. Uh, and that's how I feel about a lot of the cast, with the exception of L. Can we please talk about L for a minute? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> He's my favorite character in the anime, and what makes him so interesting is... We don't know anything about him. He's a freak. Like, he's just a weirdo. Like, he's dropping all these sugars in his coffee, but he's not... He's eccentric, but he's not, like... How do I put it? In your face about it? I don't know if that's a way to put it. He's very indifferent. He's indifferent. He moves kind of, like, slowly. Like, he doesn't do, like, these motions that are, like, over the top. Uh, He's just kind of, like, doing his own little thing all the time. The L in this movie, you can tell they're like, okay, man, act weird be eccentric and he was like okay so like he'll just like he randomly slams stuff on desks and everything he overreacts a lot <laughs> he's not calm and collected like the original um i refuse to believe this is an actual detective he doesn't act like he knows anything really honestly the the most surprising thing about l for me was like him just being so like upfront into the t- crime scenes you know like mm-hmm. he doesn't even like send out his like representative like very cautiously. Nope. He's just like, oh, I'll just walk into this crime scene. They're like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, TV news report? I guess I'll walk up to it. They're lucky they wrote out the eyes from the show or he'd be dead. Yeah, I mean, the dude dresses like he's a part of like the Antifa black block. He's got some black bandana covering the lower half of his face. Yeah, I mean, he really is just like a dude you'd see walking around in Seattle, like He's just a guy. This is not, like, a weird detective dude. Like, he doesn't even look like he's, like, 20. He looks like a baby. He's, like, I don't know. I just don't understand why they wrote him this way. Um, and it is a writing issue. I really think no matter who played him, uh, this would have been an issue no matter what. I don't know. I feel bad for Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> like, from the get-go, it was already kind of like, this is not L. So I think we can kind of say that for most of the people cast in this film. Like, yep. look, look, you might be good actors, you know, but we can't tell because this just, the directing wasn't there, the writing wasn't there. Some There was some disconnect. It's, so we're just, we're sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. What's weird, too, is uh, Mia's character I think a lot of people compare her to Misa just because, you know, girl. Um, But she's more in line with, like, a part of Light in the original. Uh, Like, she's more, like, just kind of Light's 
like sociopathic tendencies because she's nothing like Misa at all, except if you put her like, you know, love interest. But Mia is just like, she has that ruthlessness that White has in the original of like, just kill her. But, you know, take the smart out of it. Like, she'll just kill whoever without thinking about the impact. Did anyone like Mia? No? Mm, yes? No, not really. From the moment we see Light doing other people's homework right outside the football practice, and we see Mia being the only cheerleader, the only cheerleader with a cigarette I, in her hand, I was just like, okay, so we're just going to go with edgy girl. Cool. <laughs> I'm so glad they let those children smoke on campus right in front of, like, practice and everything. She's so cool. Yeah, she has no character at all. Um, she actually just kind of weakens everything because it doesn't, White doesn't have a chance to be White. He doesn't, we don't know anything about White, and we don't get a chance to because Mia comes in immediately and starts bossing him around and kind of steals, you know, the Death Note plot from him. So we have two characters with no substance. Honestly, like, the film, like, once they introduce her, it feels like they're trying to make some, like, love story, like, story out of the whole entire I, film. I hate it. And I was just like, re- like, really? Like, I thought the whole point of this film was trying to, like, show how just Light was trying to be. But no, we're just gonna, we're just gonna show them, like, being together and just killing people together because that's romantic. I didn't come I here mean, for a sitcom. We could have, <laughs> and I mean... Let's think about this. This could have worked on some level. Dividing a character up into two and making them fall in love with each other. There's some potential there for people who are really into the original to say, oh yeah, I guess he was really narcissistic and he did love himself and that is the only way he could ever find love. But that's not what Windgard does. That's not what any of this is. <laughs> Light is, I think, the major catastrophe of this film because obviously in the original... Uh, he and L are what carry the show. It's the dynamic between them. But White is the center, and he has to be the center. And what's so interesting about him in the original is that, you know, he is a narcissist, like you said, Jeremy. He's He just is so obsessed with himself. He thinks he's a god. But what's scary is that he's just this seemingly perfect guy. He has no reason to be this way. This Light in this movie... They make him sympathetic, or they try to make him sympathetic by going, look, his mom died, he's bullied, but like... I've heard we, that story too many times with other movies. Exactly! <laughs> like, it's not anything. You've just taken away what makes Death Note so important, is that if given the tools to do bad things, good people might and probably will take the opportunity to do the bad thing if they think that they're just, and it's like about corruption and, you know, what is moral, what is good and what is wrong, and none of that nuances in this film. It's not good. It's not an it's not an issue of, like, the adaption not matching the original. They didn't do anything new with White. They didn't. They tried to take the bare minimum from his character but didn't add anything to him. The other really important thing from the main show is the cat and mouse nature of Light mm-hmm. and L, and they make Light the worst like person. He at literally this. like he's terrible. He basically admits he's uh, he, that he's Kira, right to L's face. Like when they're in the cafe, he's L's like I know you're Kira, and then Light keeps testing him and like you don't know what you're dealing with, like. If he was wired right there, they'd have, like, reasonable cause to go, like, check him and everything. He even, like, you know, puts out his wrist. He's like, arrest me then. Yeah. I was like, like, what the heck? What are you doing? Why would you do that? And then, like, L, like, does this 
like throughout the film, I feel like the major reason why I don't like L is because like the, it feels like the director is trying to intentionally make him like clever, even though like they give no reason why. Like like the mentality behind like oh I'm gonna like entrap him, but like he's like no that's not how the game plays. Like I, he's like I play for checkmate, not check. That and was like, I every I was like, what the heck. Every time I hear that because it's like the fourth time I've seen this, I just want to vomit. I think a scene that would have really helped Elle's character that I think they should have at least borrowed ideas from is in the anime and manga when Elle uses Wind L Taylor on and Bates light on screen. That's the first introduction we have to Elle. And from the get go, that's where Elle is like, oh, I've narrowed down where you are. I'm your new adversary and I'm awesome. Here, there's nothing to indicate, like you said, Eli, that like Elle is anything important we don't i don't think he's smart he's just some dude uh and he doesn't ever try to trap or bait white in any way it's so boring i'm bored talking about this movie (laughs) well one more character i want to talk about a little more i guess two more because let's talk about the dad really quick um what i've been thinking about white's dad in the american version is i think what they might have thought is like the character wouldn't work for the American dad image if they just adapted him the way they did. But I disagree if that is the route they're going. Like, and they have like the whole honor aspect of Light's dad in, you know, the Japanese version. But I think that works fine in America too, because he's a police officer. Like he's going to have those morals. But I mean, in the original, it's like he'll kill his son if, if he thinks he's Kira. In this version, no, he's not going to do that. He, like, there's no stakes. There's no nuance. Like, nobody has morals. It's so boring. I mean, what I feel like is missing from, like, the dad in this film is not just him, but, like, the people around him. Like, in the original series, like, his whole position was, like, leadership. But he was like, mm-hmm. hey, I have a team. Like, our goal is to do this, right? Like, do something just. Like, be a good father, or, you know, husband, and then, like, within his, like, police side, like, he had this whole team behind him, like, each one of them had, like, a character, and, like, he's like, I'm gonna protect my team and catch Kira. Like, that was his ultimate goal, and, like, in this one, it just feels like he's a loner, and everyone sort of, like, just doesn't like him. You make a really good point, because the film, like, just going off of that, it doesn't even make Kira seem like a big deal because we don't see police officers or really anyone going after him in any major form. It's just him. It's him and L, and even then, like, it's not like people really clamoring to catch him. We don't really see an impact of what Light is doing. So, what the heck? <laughs> what is this movie even about? Oh, man. One more character I want to talk about is Ryuk. Now, William Defoe is amazing. However, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they just phoned him in and were like, hey, man, do some creepy voice. And they didn't, <laughs> they didn't do anything with him. And they wrote him so badly. In the original, uh, Shinigami or Gods of Death, they don't care about humans for the most part. And Ryuk tells Light from the get-go, like, I'm not helping you. I'm not hurting you. I'm just a spectator. Here he's like a demon. Yeah. Do we even... Yeah, he's like some evil entity. But we don't even know, like, what his deal is, like... Why is he so adamant on light writing names down? It's so weird because, like, given the original series, like, he is just so passive on the thing. But, like, in this one, it feels like he's, like, on a mission. He's like, oh, you have to kill people. Yeah. And, like, not only that, but, like, Ryuk, 
I, if I remember right from the original series, he isn't allowed to write in that book again until or L dies. Or yeah, no, or, he, the book is lights until Ryuk uh, takes it back from him. Yeah, but like the thing is, like they make Ryu out, act out, out act out as his own sort of character. You know, like he's like, oh, did Ryu kill this person? I'm like. Ryuk doesn't he shouldn't care he should <laughs> he should not care about killing people like yeah they have to kill people to stay alive but like they don't even mention that so I don't really care does anyone find it really odd that we have like a Shinigami in like Seattle like it's just weird like we have Kira like in the original it makes sense the name is Kira because like it's on the internet people were calling him killer and that's Kira in Japanese here why is he called Kira shouldn't it be just like killer like makes no sense shinigami it's just like there's it doesn't work very well i, I do feel like that is sort of a strong point in terms of light's mm-hmm. mentality for this film because he's like oh, i'll use a different word for killer to th- sort of throw off the police like say like think oh you know kira is actually in japan and not in the united states they but, like, like narrowed him down immediately but yeah that that <laughs> sort of killed the entire point i was like well, there goes that plane. They could have put some weeaboo posters in his room, <laughs> so it, like we'd be like, "Oh yeah, he he's into like that type of thing." See, see, I think that they made the strategic choice to oh. uh, make it light Turner to kind of draw in the normies, but then, <laughs> you know, then we keep Kira and we keep Shinigami, so that you know we can educate the masses. That hurt me. That really hurt. Thank you. Well. I'm going to mentally break if we t- keep talking about the characters. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move on because, oh, I can't. <laughs> well, something that really bothers me, and this is the argument I use whenever people are like, you're just looking at it negatively because you don't like the adaption aspect of it. No, this is bad filmmaking. This is th- How can you look at this and say, this is acceptable, this looks good? First off, can we talk? Okay. A Dutch angle is when the camera is tilted ever so slightly on the side. Um, and it gives like this off-center kind of look. Like, imagine a slanted room effect. That's what the camera looks like. You can also imagine the 90s because <laughs> Dutch angles were the thing back then. <laughs> and they died for a reason because they're very cheesy. And when you use them too much, it's very noticeable. And it takes away any artistic effect that you had. I, every time... Every single time they do an angle, and there's not a reason for it. They just like, ooh, this looks spooky. Um, I scream and I cry, and that's not an exaggeration. I get really upset every time I see it, not just in this, uh, but in anything. I digress. In this, they use it every five minutes, and it really shows that they really don't have a style, so they just went with something that made it look weird to make it look spooky, and I hate it. Oh, I love the first death scene. It's like this Rube Goldberg of like things that just go wrong that end up in a death. But the best part of it is there's just two guys walking down the sidewalk bouncing a basketball. (laughs) And the camera goes in like at a full 45 degree angle tilt, just zooming in on them. And it's just like, you know that like, you know that a Dutch angle can be like anything that's even slightly off center. You know, when you put it really far and make the angle really extreme, it just kind of looks cartoonish. Yep. And not like subtle in any way. I'm glad you use the word cartoonish because what it does is it takes any realism out of the scene, and Death Note is supposed to be 
a very a real story. Like obviously there are um, you know fantastical elements like the Death Note itself, but it's supposed to be you know a killer at its core. This is somebody that could exist in real life and take away the Death Note. It could just be a serial killer. And when you start using all these crazy angles and stuff, you make it feel so formalistic that it's hard to relate to this even being within the realm of possibility. I mean, honestly, I was, like, watching the film, and I was mentally, like, marking, like, where every single time they use a weird angle. (laughs) And I was like, honestly, at first, I was like, maybe they're just doing that just to be, like, showing the, like, actual sort of evil side of light. You know, like, any time that they would use it would be like during a death or like some part in which he was like contemplating like you know like writing down a name or something like that like okay and then when it gets near the end like especially like the chasing they're like oh i guess we'll go into this alley at a 45 degree angle like why why is this a thing (laughs) but like i i had to agree like all these angles give a weird non like human feel to it because like just to like top off all those angles with all the like just everything in general is just the cartoonish deaths as well. Mm-hmm. Like everything is just like, oh, I guess I guess we'll go straight to decapitation. I'm like, really? You're, You're- like right out of Final Destination. I yeah. don't know why they went this route. I guess heart attacks weren't cool enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> They're supposed to be subtle, not decapitate half a person's head off. <laughs> like the first time White kills someone and his head gets like half chopped off, like. There's not really much of a reaction. Like, he reacts a little bit, but, like, this guy's, like, he is bleeding out, and everyone's just kind of like, oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> like, there's no real discussion. Like, he, it just seems like White isn't impacted by these deaths. It's very odd. Like, even that, like, you can, you don't have to show this with dialogue, with camera work, and, you know, emoting from the actor, Nate Wolf. Um, <laughs> you know, we could see some of this. We could see the moral dilemmas. But we don't get any of that. So great filmmaking. Great job, Adam. You did it. You really did it. Something else that really bothers me aesthetically, um, there's a lot of slow motion, especially in the death scenes. I don't get it. I, I you Very rarely do I think slow motion works well. Um, here, it just made... Like, we don't need to see every intricacy of how these awkward deaths play out. Like, the food drops on the ground, some dude slips on it, and another guy, like, a car comes, and it's all in slow motion. It's like, just die, (laughs) please. (laughs) I just want to get to the next scene. I don't know. What, what What bothered you guys about the way it looks? Or what did you like? Did you like anything? Again, it's kind of a departure from the anime, but there's some attempt at color. Yeah. In this, there's some... Throughout the movie, there are certain scenes that are very brightly colored, and in the anime, the colors blue and red are very significant because they kind of represent light and L as they're, you know, battling each other. And you almost see this in the restaurant scene where L confronts light and the neon's really bright, Mm -hmm. but it just doesn't really do much besides call back to the anime. There's no consistent color scheme that way. So, like, I can give Adam Wingard props that, like, oh, you tried to implement this thing, but it ends up feeling more like homage than actually Mm -hmm. making it your own. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in terms of the color and, like, paying homage to the original series, like, things like the apple... Like, when, like, Ryuk was introduced, they're like, I guess I'll toss out an apple. I'm like, 
why? Why? <laughs> like, you didn't establish that Ryu liked apples. Like, that whole thing was just tossed, literally tossed out there. And, like, it's, like, red, and it's, like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess. But, like, going back to, like, the deaths, I honestly hated all of them. Every yep. single death was exaggerated, and, like, you were saying, like, a Rube Goldberg machine kind of deal. <laughs> and I was, like... We know who's going to die. We saw whose name was written. It's not like it's unexpected. Just, like, do something that's normal for one. Like, yeah, you can have them write stuff on the wall like the anime does, which is fine. But, like, the whole point of Kira is that a lot of people are are dying for, like, different unknown, like, Mm -hmm. very common reasons. Like, Like, in the original series, they spent such a long time. They're like, all these prisoners are having heart attacks. They're like, why is that? Like, it's not like, oh, they're all committing suicide they're all like going to break out of prison and then kill themselves you know it's not dramatic it's all about the subtle work and there is no subtlety in this film at all yeah and you know and like you bring up a good point there like what makes the bigger moments in death notes stand out is is how carefully constructed and subtle the like build up to those moments are so like when we you know this the bus scene in the anime when um you know how light kills all the fbi agents and he like stages this whole like shooting on a bus and everything it's like that is just step one for him to get like all these fbi people killed and it took so much subtle build-up like something that you can never connect to him here it's just like and we'll just kill this person with you know head chopped off like it's it's just so crazy i don't get it I mean, I think another good example, going back to the anime, is, like, when he reveals that he's cured to the mm-hmm. one person who just commits suicide. Like, it's such, like, a subtle play. And then, like, when he reveals it, like, and time just clicks down, you're like, that person's dead. Like, It's so cool. It's, like, <laughs> it's the ultimate, like, walking with explosions going behind you, but without the explosions. Yeah. But, like, in this series, you're just, like, forced to, like, turn back and you're just like, oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, it's... Yeah, that's a mood for the whole movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that happened. happened. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. Yeah, I I just don't think I can really give this film much credit for anything. I just don't think it's well made. I don't think the, char- the characters suffer the most. I don't think the music choice is odd. All right, no, I'm going to have to say the audience suffers the most. Okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah, we do suffer. Um. So for me, I just, I really don't think it's because it's, it's you know, an adaption of something I love and I'm being critical. I, I just don't think this is a good movie. Yeah, I mean, even the music choice, like, I enjoyed the music on its own, but, like, with the, <laughs> with the like, with the situation, like, I was just like, why are they playing this song at this yeah. time? Like, it, all, all the songs were slow. Like, it wasn't, like, even just, like, a fast-paced thing or anything like that, like, all the songs have this really long, drawn-out lyrics. I'm like, I'm sure this song is fine just by itself. But, yeah. like, there's not even, like, any ba- solid background music. Like, a little bit, like, if you think back onto the anime, like, I listen to, like, El Seam all the freaking time because it's the perfect studying music. I kid you not. But, like, this film is like, nope, we're going to play this weird song as people die. Yeah, it's we're just going to feature this one song. The lyrics are going to be super on the nose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be totally unsubtle, but like everyone's going to love it. <laughs> that worked out well. Yeah, tonally this film is just a mess. Sorry, Adam. And actually the music is very similar to The Guest, which is one of the films Adam Wingard 
directed. So I don't know if like this music, I haven't seen enough of his films to really, you know, I've seen VHS, Blair Witch, uh, and The Guest, but other, like, I don't, those, is this like a trend for him? Is this music choice like in his other films? I don't know, but it's not a good one for this one. Mm-mm. No, yeah. diversify your playlists, dude. Like, find <laughs> some new music. I'd rather listen to J-pop with this on. Like, anything. <laughs> like, at least I could be like, this is weird. <laughs> like, hey, on. it embraces the comedy aspect of all the deaths. <laughs> I guess. Well, let's talk about whitewashing a little bit, because that's important. So, really quickly, I think it's important to bring up when Crazy Rich Asians released, it had been 25 years since the last predominantly Asian cast was in a Hollywood film. The last film was a 1993 film, The Joy Luck Club. Think about that. That's insane. This is... Eight, like The Asian population is about 60% of the world population. That's inexcusable for Hollywood to not have, you know, as much Asian representation as it does. It's... In the report, um, popular I'm sorry, numbers are difficult for me. A thousand one hundred popular films examining portrayals of gender, race, ethnicity, LGBT, and disability from 2007 to 2017, which was conducted by USC Annenberg in 2017. It revealed that out of 1,100 popular films, 70.7 of the characters were Caucasian, and only 6.3 were of Asian descent. Isn't that ridiculous? That's quite a bit like that's that's like i mean like quite a bit of you know 70.7 percent like that like is really insane because literally anyone could be an actor yeah it doesn't take like much oh i mean mean, not much as in like you know not talent but like it doesn't take a lot to find someone who's Mm -hmm. willing to be an actor like literally there's hundreds of people you know people worldwide and literally they're like no we're just gonna stick in the united states it's fine it's fine just ignore it it's fine what I think the issue what people have with Death Note in terms of like whitewashing is that because they didn't make it different enough from the original, this is light. I mean, it's light Turner, but it's light. It's Mia, but it's kind of Misa and kind of light. It's L, who we honestly, we don't really know exactly where he's from, so I guess that's fair. Um, all of these characters are Japanese in the original. These aren't like these aren't original characters made for a new Death Note film. So it's you're taking away chances for, you know, Asian Americans to play these roles that are Japanese roles. And that's where the problem is. I don't think it would have been as controversial if it wasn't like if it was some guy named Bob Turner. Like I really don't think people would have an issue because you, when you think about films that come from Japan and are adapted here like The Ring, The Grudge, the Grudge is a little bit iffy in that regard because it takes place in Japan. Um, but The Ring especially is just an adaption. It is just some woman here who discovers the VHS tape. I mean, going back to the review that we cited way back at the top of the podcast from uh, Brian Telerico from RogerEbert.com, he writes, you know, the decisions made when radically altering source material should feel purposeful not arbitrary and random in talking about adaptations. And it feels like there's no reason for any of this to take place in the U.S. Like, it's fine if it does, but why? Can we print out that quote, frame it, and send it to Adam Wingard? (laughs) Very subtle. 
but, I second that. But what's like other? There are a bunch of other Japanese animes. Japanese animes. That's redundant. But there are a bunch of anime are adapted in, for an American audience. What? Where's the line? Like, when is it? What? What is? When is it okay to not have an Asian cast? I guess. My answer is I don't really think it is appropriate if you're not changing things drastically. Mm, I mean, I don't think there's ever an excuse to not cast people like correctly like if you think about like death note is such a simple like they don't really emphasize like hey they're in japan like Mm -hmm. it's it's a very subtle like this is a city this is you know just a typical student like literally all they would have to do is like you know switch up the casting and change up the names like literally it's not like change up the setting like it's not like we're going to have them explore japan or anything like that it's literally just a city that's all it is. Like, all you need to do is just switch up who you cast. Right. We don't need these weirdly, like, patriotic shots of L standing in front of a giant <laughs> American flag. That. Gosh darn it. No, flashbacks. I guess L's American in this. So I guess. I guess they're all American. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I just... But, yeah, I mean, to that point, when there's nothing wrong with changing the ethnicity or race of characters in a vacuum, but no one lives in a vacuum. Films aren't made in a vacuum, and we live in a world where there's a huge over-representation of white people in films and a huge under-representation of people of other ethnicities and races. And so, yeah, it actually does kind of matter when you make Mm -hmm. those decisions. Yeah. My question is, why in the world did they keep Watari... As like, why in the world did they keep him Can out we of talk everyone? About how they made him talk? Yeah, he like talked in prophecy. <laughs> like he did one of those like, oh man, like you know, you know what I'm getting at? Like, it's like very sleep is sleep. essential for the soul. Or yeah, I was like, like okay, <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> like he's not. He's just, oh, I I don't know how. Uh, someone had to have been like this. Might be taken the wrong way, right? Somebody, <laughs> no, okay, because <laughs> he's like the only one that kept the Japanese like name it's on so, top of that. Also, so weird. He's British, actually, so it's even more confusing. His character's British, so like, what's going on? <laughs> like, why did they do this? <laughs> I really, I'm not convinced that Adam Wingard has watched Death Note. I don't think so either, because like, he misses out on so many things, like. Literally, right from the beginning of the like of the movie, it's like light's not good. You know, Misa is practically like introduced right away. L is emotional, like literally, like oh, this character is the opposite. We're just gonna flip literally everyone. Right, light's supposed to be like the smartest student in all of Japan, but at the beginning of the Death Note Netflix film, he well actually is a bully <laughs> right before he gets punched in the face. I was on the bully side. <laughs> I really wanted to hit him. Like, please go away. Like, but, you know, this brings up a bigger question. Why do a lot of anime movies not work? Why do adaptions fail? And this isn't, like, specific to Americanized versions. Like, usually live actions are just so subpar to the original. I have a theory. I have a theory that no adaptation movie will ever work. I have a feeling that there's so much detail in, like, anime series 
that trying to collapse it all into one is just so conflicting because like for example like you can't just try to fit the entire Cowboy Bebop series into a movie like <laughs> Netflix is we'll coming see. out <laughs> Netflix is coming out with a series of it and I'm going to cry because it's my favorite <laughs> but like the reason why a lot of these shows work out work out is because they're all meant for spacing they're all meant for a big nice climax climax but if you look at like American TV shows and stuff like most of them are episodic you really can just watch practically any out of order and like yeah you can make a movie out of that of course you can mm-hmm. you can just literally pull them out of a timeline and be like okay we're going to use these characters but like anime series it's all about the setup and with a movie you only have so much time well i mean i'd even go so far as to say that we could extend this to several uh us tv shows like imagine if they tried to make an hour and a half long movie out of breaking bad oh god or an hour and a half movie out of game of thrones which they probably will like it just <laughs> won't work because it's the whole medium is made for manga to be released over several different volumes that translates really well into anime with many episodes it's just really really hard to adapt something that was made for such a long form medium into a tiny little movie and then to make all these changes on top of that just well in the case of this movie it's so the pacing is so cluttered because of you know they can't fit 37 episodes in um that there is really no real resolution it's left so open-ended we don't really know what's happening to white at the end we can make assumptions we don't really know what's happening to l he doesn't die like in the original so i mean mellow and near aren't even mentioned and like the 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 weird thing is like the the part in which the movie for me really felt like this wasn't what the original series was at all it felt like the guy definitely didn't watch it was when utari went back to L's like sort of home place and that place was abandoned like there was <laughs> no one there I was like you would think that the most prestigious place for the world's greatest detective would still be running but yeah. no like it was some weird mysterious place that took the guy days to get to but apparently agents or officers took them like what how many minutes 10 <laughs> yeah whammy house is completely different in the the in this movie like it looks like some torture chamber <laughs> like it's it's very strange but you know what eli i i think that there is room for maybe one day we can have a good anime movie people seem to like alita uh i haven't seen it so i don't know but i think there are some series that can work um but i think not in the way that Netflix tried to adapt. They tried to make, like, half an adaption, half a new story. I think, like, if you have shows, like, especially the Slice of Life type shows that aren't super action-based, it could work. And if you built off of, like, prior information, maybe it would have to be for that audience that already comes in knowing what it is. It might work. All right, but everyone knows that the best anime movie has to be Pokemon, the first movie. Okay, but that's not an adaption. It's not live action. All right. Fine. (laughs) You can... Pokemon the movie, I choose you then. That's... Decent decent adaption. I don't know. What? what? Except for the talking Pikachu. No, that's still animated. What's wrong with you? Not not as a live action adaptation, but as just an adaption of an anime into a single Okay, then we need to specify... 
That was that, my <laughs> mistake. Thank you for calling me out on that. That was Anytime. unclear. Are we all just going to ignore the Full Metal Alchemist Netflix yes. movie? I was. I <laughs> thought about it, and I was like, you know, let's pretend that that didn't happen. The Attack on Titan one was pretty bad, too. Uh, I don't know if anyone here watches Higurashi except for me, but they did one that just turned out weird. Um, I don't know. I I I just I hate to say like it's not possible. I think it really comes down to the writer and director, and I think a lot of times studios get involved and they're like, no, we want this amount of like homage to the original, but that disrupts the flow because you have to make changes. But they're trying to appeal to like the fan base, and I think I think we can do it, guys. I don't know. Maybe I'm just. I mean, Alita looks promising, <laughs> but like, doesn't every anime adaptation look promising at no. one time? <laughs> no, not this one. Not Death Note. Like, no. I mean, first trailer came out and it looked like trash. I remember them announcing it, but like, I didn't watch the trailer back then, and I was like, okay, I could, I could see it being a possibility. Like, it's not like I would expect them to end where L, you know, sort of just ends in the anime series, but like. I was expecting it to be at least moderately decent, but like, obviously we're talking about it now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Even if they broke it up into different films, like part one and two, it's I, I don't know. I I think it could work. This is not a good adaption. This is not a good movie. You know what I recommend you all see instead? The Death Note musical. (laughs) All right. Now I don't know where you're gonna watch it. I watched it on YouTube, but it was taken down. It is so much better than this. It's not perfect. It's very flawed. It's very flawed. It's by the creator of the Jekyll and Hyde musical on Broadway. They saw, but they ab- absolutely know what the characters are. It is so much better written, even though some of it is just mute it and come back when the song is over. Um, they actually watched it, you can tell, and there's a real love for it. If they can make a broad, not a broad, off-Broadway show about Death Note, then they can make a movie on Death Note. That is my assertion. Uh, at least they included the tennis scene in the musical. <laughs> they sure did. They included the, you know. One of my favorite songs. <laughs> they included, like, the scene where Elle first appears and poses as uh, Wendell Taylor. They do the tennis scene. They do a lot of it, actually. Obviously, the end is very, I won't spoil it for you, but it, it's very rushed. But, you know, watch that. Please don't watch this. Don't give this more views. If you like it, you know, I wish I could like it. I don't know what else to say to you. Any last thoughts? Um, I know that there is going to be a um, theater production of My Hero Academia. Look, I'm down <laughs> for that. <laughs> I'm down for it. Don't watch this movie. That's it. It's a really simple message. Just don't. And Adam Wingard, I know you're probably not ever going to hear this, but I made a Twitter post just for you. And that means (laughs) something because I don't really tweet or at the time I really didn't tweet at all. And it was just to ask you why. And I hope you scroll through and you find that because I still want an answer. So, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) this has been Emily Rubin on Input 2. And with me today was Jeremy Rogers. And Eli Silkland. Thank you so much for listening to this rant on the Death Note movie. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, so thank you for putting up with me. Be sure to follow all of us. Uh, be sure to follow Byte at ByteBSU on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we also have a YouTube, which you should check out. It's ByteBSU. And read all of our stuff on ByteBSU.com and the Ball State Daily. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you again next time on Input 2.